<laughs> I'm Delirious Drew. And I'm never scared, Nick. And I'm always scared, Adam. You're listening to the Hour Guys. It's your ever-growing library of everything, one hour at a time. Here in the Prefatorium. Here we are. We we made it back. Yeah. They, you know the listeners probably. Listener, go on. Yeah. <laughs> probably don't know if we'll be back. Every time we end an episode at this point. <laughs> it goes for the host too. The host too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we'll be back. Who knows? Hey, I I worked hard to make this episode happen. That's true. That's true. Um. Uh, show matters. Yeah. The, do we have any? The I guess I guess the, you're I guess you're on the show now, Drew. What of? I have no I have no power here anymore. Yeah, you don't have power here anymore. You will stand down, you. Adam. You have <laughs> yeah, no power like over me. Power over me. <laughs> <laughs> What's that from? Hashtag labyrinth. Um. I'll put that in the show notes. <laughs> But the, the whole movie, movie there. The whole movie, exactly. The standing uh, show note of this month is that it is a spooky month. It's an awesome month. Ooh, ooh. It is an awesome, spooky month. Have you seen the John Oliver clip where he does like a super cut of news programs calling it spooky season? No. That sounds great, though. I think that we're responsible for that. I I oh. think I think you're right. Yeah. As in like for the news stations or the John Oliver supercut? The news stations. I I think uh Murdoch is listening to us and then he's sending his message out to all of the local news stations. It's spooky season. It's no longer Halloween, guys. Are you suggesting lit, lit, uh we have litigation going on here? Possibly? Uh, yeah, I think okay. I think we've got a pretty good chance of going up against him. <laughs> I would like, I think what I would like to do is start a years-long litigation for a podcast that is going to go for <laughs> another few months. I'm in. Yeah. Um, anyway, that's, uh, that's the only show matter we have. It's awesome. Spooky month. Yeah. Hashtag ASM. Hashtag Wolves Halloween. So at this point, I'll, I'll turn it over to I will relinqu- relinquish power and give power to you, the. You never actually had it. Pref- prefatorial wow. poobah. Ouch. If I, uh, I, I allowed that, but yeah, let's 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 keep moving on because I have a question I'd like to ask. Uh, hey John, got any comments? <laughs> you have no power here, Gandalf Stormcrow. That's my way of saying there are no comments. Damn it. <laughs> I made such a, an impassioned plea last week, too, and this is how you, you pay me, creepers. I like all these labyrinth quotes, though. This is great. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Uh, I okay. Let's just let's just get to the hour cut proper. That was that's painful. It is my favorite labyrinth quote. 
Um, all right, if you guys would all place your hands Where? on the table, I've that was a close I'm, one. I'm, I'm, I'm telling you. Oh. <laughs> uh, if you would all place your hands on the table that I placed in front of you, and we'll uh, see if we can sum it up the archive proper. Okay, well, we are here in the archive proper, and today we are going to talk about um, seances and spiritualism. Yes. What do you guys know about it? Anything? Um, seances are those things where everybody gathers around um, uh, Bill's mom, Missy. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and uh, they summon a spirit to talk to them. Yeah. Yeah. And Since... oh, go ahead. spiritualism... Well, she... But she was Ted's mom at that point. I Damn think. it. I knew I was going to get it wrong. I couldn't. Yeah. But I'm still technically correct because at this yeah. point, she's Bill's mom. You uh, said, well, I mean, mom. I mean, mom. Have you watched Face the Music? Yes, it's great. What? What? Have Have I watched Face the Music? Yeah. Yeah, I loved it. Uh, yeah. I'm just saying that there's, you know, once again, oh. Missy has a new relationship with Bill and Ted. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, in fact, the, that scene was when I felt like, okay, this movie is going to be good. Cause I mean, it was early on, but they were playing off of the old movie. Um, well, Nick, you're right. That is a, a... I, I saw the movie too. Not that anybody asked me. That's, that's cool. Okay. No, I was going to say, yeah. he... <laughs> <laughs> moving on. <laughs> no, what were you going to say? Either of you. You're right. That's that's a great example of a seance um, for Bill and Ted's bogus journey. Um, but uh, seances, so seances are kind of rooted. Wait, you're gonna ask some... me? What the? F- <laughs> Jeez, what's that? I can just go if you. Don't... We 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 had a little break. We we're trying to get back on track, and <laughs> we we might have left somebody out here. Adam, what what do you think of a seance? Seances. <laughs> are where um, everyone gathers around a table and Otho reads from uh, the handbook yes. of the recently deceased and someone yes. from the Maitlands. That's great. That's a better one. <laughs> Damn it. This isn't a competition. Good job, Adam. Also, when Alf uh, gathers everyone around a table and he says, give us a sign, and the, the shutters rattle. That's, mm. that's from a promo from one of their Halloween specials, probably in, like, I don't know, 87 or something like that. It's been etched in my memory. These are, these- these are all prime examples of different styles of seance or, you know, commune, communication with spirits, um, which we're going to, I think we're going to broaden it to that a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, not just the seance, but 
um, paranormal communication or spiritual communication. Um, How does spiritualism uh, tie into that? Well, I, I, so in my research on these seances, I learned that, um, this, that seances are born out of spiritualism and a rise in, um, popularity of spiritualism during the, uh, between like the 1840s and the 1920s, um, for whatever reason during that time at some people attribute it to, um, at least in America, you have the civil war, uh, happening in that time frame, and the, uh, so many people lost, um, you know, family members during the war. And it was such was the nature of that war that there was often no time to grieve. You didn't, uh, get the remains of your loved one a lot of the time, uh, for various reasons. And so <clears throat> people started turning to spiritualism and seances to try and, um, you know, one, communicate with that person they lost and two, kind of get closure on, hmm. uh, on that death. That's interesting because that time period that you described, the late 1800s, early 1900s, statistically, most ghosts are from that period. Like, I, yes. you never hear about caveman ghosts, <laughs> you know? Yeah. yeah. Uh, most of them are, are from that area. There's no Ugg the Neanderthal ghost yeah. bombing huh. around somewhere. That's a really good point. Never thought about that. It actually. is, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> They're almost always. Where's Where's Ugg, Where's Ugg these days? You never think yeah. about, you never hear about him anymore. Yeah. Maybe ghosts, you know, have a life death span. <laughs> yeah. A, oh, a shelf okay. life. I mean. Yeah. Now that I'm trying to apply logic to it, it makes sense that Ugg uh, solved whatever thing he hadn't solved in his lifetime mm. in the 10,000 years ahead of that. Oh, that's how you make fire. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> when they made fire, most ghosts just disappeared. That, that, that was the big ghost problem up until that point. It's so that's simple right. now. <laughs> oh, oh, that wheel. <laughs> that, that is wheel. That how Babby is formed. Um, <laughs> nice. The <laughs> the other thing <laughs> you could also apply the idea of like if you go by the you know dissipation of or not dissipation but transference of energy maybe you know the spirit their ectoplasmic you know fortitude mm. diminishes over time or kind of disseminates into the ether and so that's why you don't have your Uggs and than such. Yeah, I'll buy that. <laughs> um, anyway, within spiritualism, and one of the main things was to communicate with the dead, and, and there were a number of different tools and techniques used to do that. Um, one of those tools was known as slate writing. Uh, curious if you guys are familiar with this technique. Yeah, I mean... I mean, I guess we're, we're probably talking about this later, I would assume, but also like the um, the hoax seance. Stuff. I mean, so I know like in the context of that, where like people would use like their foot to like write something like that. Right. Like, it was a ghost. So, so yes, I'm familiar with the concept of it. I guess <laughs> not the way it's supposed to work, but I know the fraud way that it worked. 
Yeah, and I'm only familiar with fraudulent ways that slate writing worked. I mean, the, I guess the challenge yeah, here... if the idea was it's supposed to be a ghost or, or a spirit was supposed to be doing the writing, but yeah. it was obviously always somebody doing it. Right. Versus... And, and I mean, no... Oh, sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say, there's no... It's it's the nature of this is there's no way to prove. You can prove the hoax, right? Mm -hmm. There's certainly a, a way to prove that something is fraudulent. There's no concrete way to prove if it's really, you know, if it's actual communication with the afterlife. Right. Um, that sort of has to be taken on faith, or you know, um, well, that's you know essentially it. Like there's, at least in what I read, there was no like definitive. You know, oh, absolutely. You're sort of taking people at their word for what they experienced. Um, yeah, I think there's aspects of seance. I know, Drew, that you're a you're a skeptic. You're a a, a scully, if you will. Yeah, um, I'm a scully. Yeah, but being a being a molder, you know, it's <laughs> it's. Uh, I think there are what, parts of who's Nick? Is he the cigarette smoking man? Of yeah. course. <laughs> Literally and figuratively. Uh, the, uh, what those say, oh, I think there are parts of stances that do fall in much of a gray area of like, eh, I don't know about that, but the slate writing as the example you you uh, put out there is a pretty easy one to definitively be like, that's a that's a fake one. Okay, for our yeah. listeners, our yes. stupid listeners that don't know what slate writing <laughs> is. These idiots, we always have to explain things to. Yeah, can you tell me what that is? <laughs> Adam mentioned writing with your foot. I, I get... Yeah, so... Yeah. Um, a slate writing... Uh, so a seance using slate writing usually worked this way. Um, people would often bring... Oh, so a slate... Again, I'll, I'll go even further back, if you're not aware. Back during the 1840s... So there was... Uh, oh, wait. <laughs> first, there was writing. <laughs> yeah, first... If you want to bake a pie, first you have to. <laughs> what was what is that thing? You Create a universe. Any, that's it. Yeah. Um, a slate is basically a piece of chalkboard, um, and it was used often in in schools instead of paper. Kids had little, you know, pieces of chalkboard that they would do their math and assignments on and things like that. And it's so like the iPad slates, of yesteryear. That's right, and it's yeah. totally yeah. It didn't have a calculator. You couldn't watch YouTube on it. It did have a pretty sweet drawing app, though. Um, <laughs> Called your hand. And a ghost communicator. Um, but so, so these things were pretty prevalent. So often people would bring their own slates to seances. And this was a way to, again, like ensure that they weren't being swindled, right? They're sort of bringing their own... Um, uh, implement so that it's not a trick slate or something like that. Mm -hmm. So, um, uh, people would bring in their slates. The person doing the, the, the slate writing or communicating with the spirits, they would have everyone kind of thoroughly wash and clean off their slates. So there's no, you know, pre-writing on them. Um, those who were there for the reading or for the communication mm -hmm. uh, were referred to as the sitters. So the sitter would ask a question either out loud or sometimes they'd write it down and seal it in an envelope uh, to further try and 
get to the you know the veracity of the communication the medium who uh you know would be the one is communing with the ghosts uh they would hold this this gets kind of confusing they would hold the slate at one end and you can imagine the slate is kind of the size of an ipad or something like that they would hold it at one end underneath the table wait are we talking the 11 inch or the 12.9 this is probably somewhere between okay so they would hold it under the table with the fingers of one hand and keep their thumb of that hand above the table um, and keep their other hand up, you know, free. The sitter would then grasp the slate with their hand and hold the medium's other hand with their free hand. It's described as an awkward position, (laughs) (laughs) but it made it so that the sitter could, it it was hard for, if you're the one, uh, if you're, if you're the one who's having the, the slate writing done for you, it's hard for you to see anything under the table, right? So you're sort of locked in place. Mm. Um, and then you soon, you would start to hear scratchy writing sounds and then there might be some, uh, knocks on furniture in the room to signal that the spirit was done writing. And then they'd reveal the slate and there would be writing there, usually an answer to the question. Um, 42. 42. (laughs) And, um, you know, Adam mentioned that's that sometimes these mediums would, the the ones that were fraudulent would write with their toes. Uh, So that, that, you know, I guess every medium kind of had a different approach to it, but there was one guy who was specifically known for this, and his name was Henry Slade, uh, which I find very interesting. Slade? Mm -hmm. Slate? Coincidence? Um, (laughs) So he he, he was very famous for doing slate writing, but eventually he was caught, and it was made clear that he was he was a fraud because what he would do is he'd sit across the table from you and you'd put the slate under the table and he would, yes, write with his toes on the slate with a piece of chalk. And I guess no one had looked <laughs> until, <laughs> until one specific, uh, a couple different scientists uh, caught him doing this. And he was, you know, I think he was eventually convicted for stealing money from people. I, uh, man, I would, people would pay. I would pay for that. Some of these things. I would pay to see a guy right under the table with his toes. <laughs> yeah, he just needed to do that. <laughs> um, another method is known as table turning. <clears throat> this is where you have a again. A, essentially, this is essentially true. Uh, you have a table in the middle of a group of people, and around the perimeter of the table. Um, you have the alphabet. And so this is kind of a Ouija board situation where... Mixed with a lazy the, Susan. <laughs> yes. Or not really a lazy Susan. I, I couldn't find any diagrams of this, but from the drawings that I found of just depictions of it, it looks like the table kind of pivoted mm. on the center uh, uh, center kind of support. And so, and so you would it was ask kind of like question, roulette. Would there be an um, object? Let that, him finish, but, Nick. I, Jeez. I need to draw a metaphor. It didn't, from what I could tell, it didn't, the table didn't 
spin necessarily. It right. leaned. Yeah, but I'm yeah. sorry. The, uh, an object it's went So like a, like a tilt-a-wheel? Like a tilt-a-wheel, yeah. <laughs> All right, I can go but, on. But, Thank you, but Adam. There was no, like... You're welcome. I think where it leaned down, that was the indicator of what letter it was the spirit was choosing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> table turning was employed by uh, these guys called the Davenport Davenport Brothers. Um, and uh, they were another famous sort of uh, uh, couple of guys who would go around doing these types of readings. They were actually better known for something that they called the box illusion. I guess maybe they didn't call it an illusion, um, but the way that they would commune with spirits or prove that they were is they would have um, this box on stage and they would have the audience members come and tie them into the box. Like they'd get in the box, audience members would tie them up. Also in the box were a bunch of musical instruments. They would close the box and then the instruments would start playing. And it's I've heard of clearly this. impossible for those Davenport brothers to be able to play those instruments themselves because they're tied up inside the box but they were playing them um, with their toes <laughs> um no <laughs> they were just playing them with their hands and mouths and stuff um at one point they were discredited because <clears throat> during a performance a bit of the drapery in front of one of the boxes fell and you could see the guy inside you know like manipulating Mm-hmm. the instruments and stuff like that so it was very clear that it was it was was not real but i thought what was interesting about this is i saw um an ad like a flyer <clears throat> for one of their shows and in the flyer it's illustrated and it depicts them the two davenport brothers sitting on stage tied up to a chair in full view of everyone and above them are levitating instruments mm. And so, like, that I, I'm curious. That? Yes, I could I could put that in the show notes. That'd be great. Um, and it's just funny to me what's sort of advertised versus when you get there. You know, there's no floating instruments. Yeah. They're sitting inside of a box. You can't see them. But I think that that just speaks to how suggestible people um, are and, mm-hmm. and willing to sort of believe. I'm really glad you said are and not were. Because I was I was prepared to correct you, but you, you used you used the right <laughs> adjective there, not yes. adjective, but uh, right uh, verbiage rather. Uh, and then another another big way that uh, these communications happen was through spirit rapping. Uh oh! <laughs> Turn, table turning and spirit rapping. I have for that the joke. Album, yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Joe. <laughs> um. So I found some conflicting um, uh, sort or not sources, but just conflicting information on spirit wrapping. East Coast as versus far West as Coast. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> um, as far as the genesis of it, um, but it's often sort of tied to this uh, these women known as the Fox Sisters. So we have the Davenport brothers. These are the Fox Sisters, and they're I think maybe some of the most well known mediums of that time um they were 
pretty young when they started, like 14 and 15. And then there was an older sister who eventually became their manager. So I've, I've read sisters. about these guys. Three sisters. Um, and sister. <laughs> and the way that they got into this um, was they convinced their mother that they could communicate with spirits in their house. And because they would say, they would ask a question and they would say the spirit, you know, if you, if you can hear us knock two times or whatever, and there would be two knocks. So the mother was then convinced that her daughters were mediums. Um, they even went so far as to claim that there was a, a corpse buried in their basement. And when they dug, dug up the basement, they did find skeletal remains. Um, uh, and they said, well, this, this was a salesman. He spoke to us and told us that he had been murdered in this house and buried in the basement. Did these so, 15-year-old girls murder somebody just to set them up? <laughs> what is, what, is there a story behind that? Do you know? The, the, so the, I, didn't, I couldn't find like what, what that, where those skeletal remains yeah. were. Um, conclusive, yeah. What was conclusive is it turned out it wasn't the remains of just one person. So it was like multiple uh, bodies, people, I suppose, or yeah. remains, and including some animals. So it wasn't even um, – it, it could have been anything. Could have been Ugg. And I don't know if they – Do you think the mom was in on it? Ugg. <laughs> um, I don't know if she – they kind of – the mom isn't mentioned much beyond those initial – kind of stories of them saying that they could commune with spirits. If I remember, um, the mom would, because when she did be- believe them, she started bringing her friends around and like yeah. started doing like, oh, like, yeah, she, like, you gotta see what my kids can do. Check this out. Yeah, and, she absolutely yeah. believed them. Um, I don't know. I think the mom's and, and, in on it. I think the mom is the manager. The well, true manager. There's always a hidden manager. The true manager. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but they, no, they became like very famous, very well known uh, for these that that seances. The the what? <laughs> no, they go on. And they would do you know uh, seances for lots of different people, uh, including and I'll get to this a little bit later, including for the uh, first lady of a sitting president. Um, but uh, they eventually were also revealed as frauds, and the method they used. There was, a, there was a drunk history on, on these guys. I was like, well, I've seen, like, in my mind, I was like, I know I've seen this somewhere. That's what it was. They did a drunk <laughs> yeah. history episode on, on them. Well, the method they used to, to do the spirit wrapping, and you're going to love this, Nick, um, they also used their toes. Really? Um, so, <laughs> yes. <laughs> so apparently was, they would essentially. <laughs> I was really hoping all of them would be toe-related things. So this is amazing. This is actually going to be the episode about toes. Um, so what they would do is they would, they'd have their feet on the floor, um, and they would essentially pop the knuckle in their toe, the joint, they'd, they'd kind of, uh, and it would reverberate off of the floor, like loud enough that people could hear. And so you can, I've actually done this myself, not as a way of communicating with spirits, but I've noticed that, you know, if you kind of, um, pop your, uh, toe knuckles if i can say that <laughs> disgusting phrase 
um, like against a wooden floor or something, it does it does like sort of amplify that noise. Um, so those are kind of the what I didn't find. And I thought this was really interesting, and maybe I just didn't dig deep enough. I didn't really see much crystal ball um, use at least in this era. And maybe that's a conflation, you know, that the, the sort of mysticism, the crystal ball associated with seances. Um, I don't it's know. Really if you, is that... When, uh, when Madam Ruby tells you to go look in the basement of, of the Alamo for your missing bike. Yeah. Did she, and did she have a crystal ball? She did. Uh, but yeah, maybe that's more associated with fortune telling than right. speaking uh... of the dead specifically. Yeah, good call. I'm surprised that Ouija boards didn't come up more. Well, I, I actually avoided Ouija boards because I think we did an episode on Ouija boards. Oh, but we have Austin to talk about them. At one point. Yeah, I mean, it's still a huge part of seances. Did you guys not? I think you guys talked about them with us. Uh, maybe. Yeah, I think so. I think I was there at least. Well, we can certainly here. Let me open. I'm going to open up the floor to Ouija boards. Thoughts? Uh, well, I mean, it, it just seems to be a major part of seances, and um, you know, the interesting thing about it being like commercialized at some point and sold mm-hmm. as a product that, when we were growing up, was something that you did as a kid at sleepovers. You know? Yeah. Did you guys ever do it? Any of them? Never, um, never in a serious manner. Yeah, I remember doing it at a uh, church function. Interestingly, really? yeah, uh, with my uh, witch coven. Uh, no, that's not true. But um, <laughs> uh, no, a Presbyterian Southern uh, sleepover night. Somebody brought it, and uh, yeah. It wasn't that spooky was... to me. I'm not as afraid of anything. So, <laughs> yeah. Previously, as previously stated. <laughs> um, yeah, I've never done one myself, and I was um, instructed uh, that that you don't you don't mess around with with Ouija boards. Um, and I know that's... that's a very prevalent thought process on no matter how people feel about many, many, many other things with stances and spirituality and goes with that is like Ouija board is like you don't you don't mess around with them. Like it is a direct conduit to the next the afterlife or whatever how you want to call it. And you it's just nope, 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 nope. That's weird to me though, because it seems like it's the gateway drug to seances. Like it's made by Milton yeah. Bradley and sold next to Twister. Well it was right. bought by Milton Bradley. Can we talk about the spelling? Where I I met, I'm not all joking aside. Where, where did this come from? How did the spelling and then the and then the do you guys know? I don't remember. Well, it's it's so Ouija is a trademark of Hasbro. Um, Hasbro. The, the originally these were called spirit boards or talking boards, um, and so the Ouija term. Let me see if I can find the the source of that name. I once was was in a play and the playwright actually wrote. In reference to Ouija board, W E E G E E, and I, I lost immediate respect for this playwright. I'm like, what kind of goofy ass? Like, like, come on, like, just do some basic research. So this, 
But then the opposite yeah. side, you see it written the right way. People are like, Awaja, Awaja. I'm like, come on. <laughs> Do some basic research. So, um, the first result I get from Ouija name origin is um, the name was coined by Helen Peters, a medium who was using the board with her brother-in-law, Elijah Bond, one night in 1890 in Baltimore. And when she asked what they should call it, the planchette spelled out Ouija, which the board told her meant good luck. Huh. That is the, so the perfect bo- explanation. The board chose. The board chose. And then Hasbro chose to use that as a, to trademark it. Okay. My, my, my chair's a little squeaky. Yeah, I heard that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I adjusted a very particular way, like forward backward and all of a sudden I was like uh oh that was a loud creak whoops um so Adam you you were saying who was the people who were like no 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 stay away from Ouija um so not only my religious upbringing uh Catholic upbringing but many other people I knew no matter what the denomination you know Christian denomination it was you don't not you do not mess with Ouija boards. That stuff is like. And um, was it Ouija specifically, or any form of seance or communication? Ouija. I mean, it was definitely they're all frowned upon. But that was like a, no matter what, do not touch those things and do not mess around with them because that is a direct conduit to evil and yeah. stuff you should not be playing around with. See, I would guess that I would be because it's so <coughs> popular. Yeah, I was just gonna say kids aren't running off to fortune tellers in the city or whatnot but it's not as easy to do that exactly sounds weedy to do that yeah um (laughs) (laughs) baby weedy or maybe i you know i said milton bradley before maybe adam's parents had invested in milton bradley and they didn't (laughs) want him playing with those hasbro ouija boards that's a good point that's a good point It's totally stupid, uh, but it's a good point. <laughs> um, so can I tell you guys about the Sabert Commission? Ooh, please do. Oh, wait, did you finish telling the story about the Fox sisters? Well, they were eventually discredited. It was <laughs> discovered that they were... They, they, they actually revealed it. So um, someone offered them $1,500... That's to right. ...reveal their practices. And at this point, I think they were pretty... Um, they were not, maybe not destitute, but they were not doing well anymore. So they took the money, they revealed how they did it. Um, they would then go on to recant that, uh, every so often or say, no, that we actually were communicating, what have you. They eventually died. (laughs) The the thing I read says they died (laughs) and were buried in pauper's graves. I was like, geez, that is really harsh for these, (laughs) these two women. Um, you know, I don't know how much money they sort of swindled out of people, yeah. but it's weird that you're sympathizing with con artists. But okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And Drew, the older was... sister, the manager, she lived much longer than they did, um, and she too would would sort of go back and forth about even after it was revealed that you know it was fraudulent. She would go back and forth about the veracity of it um, throughout her mm-hmm. years. But yeah, the Sabert Commission. Um, so this was a group of faculty members at the University of Pennsylvania in the late uh, 1880s. 
and they investigated a number of respected spiritualist mediums and their sort of mandate was to you know discover whether they were truthful or not or you know actually communicating um they were this commission was formed by an ardent believer in spiritualism whose name was henry sabert hence the sabert commission and he in his will he left funds for the establishment of um of this commission and what was interesting to me about this um the the there were 10 men who served on the commission and they all declared themselves um at least at the beginning of this to either be neutral or favorably favorably disposed towards spiritualism every single case that they investigated they found to be fraud or fraudulent um Oh, and I, I also wanted to note um, a few of the, uh, I guess, the this the um, the word I'm looking for here. The like the members or like no, I'm trying to think of the word for like specialist, but they're they're what they were known for specialty. I thought some of their specialties were very interesting. So you had a phys- you had a couple physicians, all right? That makes sense for spiritualist uh, investigation. A paleontologist, um, a Shakespearean scholar, hmm. uh, and a chemist, and then then a few just random professors in there. But that paleontologist and the Shakespearean scholar, uh, that that is like a niche specialty on yeah. this commission. <laughs> Like how often was the paleontologist skill set coming into play? You don't hear about these ghost dinosaurs. I'll tell you that. Well, again, just like UGG, they would have right. they would have fulfilled their earthly duties already. <laughs> oh, that's how UGG make fire. Oh, uh, that's how that's how you evolve. <laughs> that's nice a dinosaur. Right. Um, our our Archipex. Ah. Archaeopteryx? Whatever. Shut up. Um, <laughs> uh, oh, I, and I, I, about the Sabert. So, so there's a show in this Sabert commission thing uh, because there was, there were those 10 scientists and then there was a counselor who would suggest particular topics and mediums to be investigated. And, um, he, this person was a close friend of Henry Sabert, the man who founded this commission, and his name was Thomas Hazard, Ooh. and uh, he was a committed spiritualist. So there's there's an Amazon Prime miniseries in this Sabert commission thing. So is it called you know, I think Sabert could, Commission or something? I'm saying we could create it. Oh, uh, oh, uh, it it's called Ten Spooky Men. Thank you. Nice. Thank nice. you. Nice. Nice. And Ten uh, Sweet Men and Tom Hazard. <laughs> <laughs> um, among other scientists who believed, who, who were believers of spiritualism and the ability to com- communicate with um, spirits, I found this really interesting. Um, the inventor of, of the radio, uh, Guglielmo Marconi. Marconi, was, yeah. He believed in communication with the dead. The inventor of the telephone, Alexander Graham Bell. 
Masters of communication. Believe in communication. Hold on, hold on. You're you're giving (laughs) Bell credit for the telephone. I just want to make sure. So, okay. Wait, what? (laughs) All right. Is is someone else do it? Uh, No, that's fine. Okay, let's go on. (laughs) Oh my gosh, I'm so confused. What did I say? Telephone? Yeah, no, yeah, that, that's right. That's right. Um, Isn't he the one who did? Yeah, he, he's credited for it. Oh, but <laughs> I get you. Okay, let me rephrase. <laughs> credited for the invention of tele- of the telephone, Alexander Graham Bell. And then, again, here I'll follow the same format. Credited as uh, the inventor of television technology, John Logie Baird. Weird. All three of I just... It's so interesting that these major mediums of communication or, you know, um, and, entertainment. And c- communication and and that they're all scientists. That Yeah. And that they're all dead right now. And, <laughs> and they're all dead. And this um, brings me, Adam. What's oh, Al Gore? Ahead, uh, the inventor of the internet? Yes. Um, he, I don't know if he's come down on either side of this yet. We need to get him to do a AMA. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, Adam, you mentioned that all these people are dead, and I think that brings me to uh, another subject we can talk about, and that is Harry Houdini. Yeah. Um, I was hoping Houdini... you were going to do a, a list of nation of people who are dead. <laughs> I thought you were going to do list a today. history of people who are dead. <laughs> Right, what is... We will eventually do an elucidation of people who are dead. <laughs> what does Houdini have to do with seances? I'm glad you asked, Nick. Um, in his later years, Houdini spent a lot of time dead. Um, ex... <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I love that. That's great. Uh, I'm sorry. He spent a lot of his time trying to expose charlatans. So since he himself was an illusionist, you know, an escape artist and all these things, magician, he he sought out those who preyed on people to get their, you know, steal their money and swindle them out of things. And so he spent a lot of time uh, investigating mediums or so-called mediums and exposing them for frauds. So he wanted, um, he believed that you could communicate with uh, the dead. He oh. he really wanted to be able to do that. So that was part of his investigation was to try to find someone who could. I so, have... I I'm I'm sorry. Go ahead. Um, he both he and his wife Bess um, were both you know ardent believers in this, and so they made a pact that. Um, when Houdini died, or if either of them died, oh right, yeah, um, yeah. they had a secret uh, sort of set of code words that only they knew, and so they could then try to communicate after the other one's death to determine if you you know it would prove whether or not the person that the medium was was actually able to communicate uh, with the spirit. So Houdini died before his wife. Bess. And um, 
over the next 10 years, she would hold, well, for, for the first year of his death, she was constantly every, I think every Sunday, they had a, a specific time that they had both agreed on that she would sit um, in, a, in a specific room in their house with a candle lit for an hour and wait for him to come and communicate in some way. And he never did. Um, and so, oh, and one of the, one of the signals was, um, there was a set of handcuffs that he was never able to, or wait, no, I may be conflating that with something else. Scratch that. That may be wrong, but, but anyway, there were signals he was supposed to give her right to, to indicate that it was him. So that never occurred during that year. So then this is very for the next, sad. yeah, like her, her <laughs> spending next... a decade like trying to communicate yes. with them and yeah well it gets it gets a little better so like for that for that year as i said it's a weekly thing where she would sit and wait to hear from him then for the next nine years it was once yearly there would she would hold a seance on uh i don't know if it was always on the day of his death which was halloween by the way yeah um but on the 10th anniversary of his death, she held the final seance. Final seance. And, um... final seance. <laughs> and he never materialized. There was never any communications. There are some um, records. There was one instance where a medium, after the 10 years had passed, claimed to have communicated with Houdini and told um, Bess the, the, the code word and and gave it correctly and she you know eventually i think she uh, she she said that that was false that his claim was false some people think that Bess was trying to get out of the cash reward she had offered um for that kind of communication so that's a little up in the air um but in honor of houdini um there are still Houdini seances happening. Let me pull this up so I can uh, tell you guys about it. At the Magic Castle. Are you guys familiar with the Magic Castle? Sounds really familiar. Um, Nick? Is, is that... That, that was the name. I'm not even kidding. That was the name of the gay club uh, in Greenville when I was in <laughs> high school. Is that the, like the Magic like Magician's Club? It is. Okay, okay, yeah, here we go. So the Magic Castle is uh, the location of the Academy of Magical Arts. Um, uh, I think it's in L.A. or in in that area. Um, L.A. or Hollywood, maybe. Yeah, yeah, maybe Hollywood. Oh, is that where, Um, like, um, what's his name? Neil Neil Patrick Harris. Harris You're right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yep. 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 And uh, yeah. Joseph, Joseph Gordon Levitt and whatnot. Yep. Yeah. And Adam, you're right. It is uh, in Hollywood, California. <clears throat> yeah, two for two. Look at me. Very exclusive club Very exclusive. to be a part of. And you can go if you're, you can get invited by a member to go and have dinner there and see a magic show and all this stuff. And they take it very, very seriously, which makes it very, very funny. Um, Wait, why is it funny? It's just funny that they take it so seriously. <laughs> Look, Drew, you've seen me do magic before. Uh-huh. Do you want do you want to regale Nick with that story? I love when you tell it. Yeah, I, okay. Well, we'll pause here. Um, I'm not, I don't mean really pause. Keep recording. Yeah. Too late. Um, Adam, I, this is maybe 10 years ago at this point. About I don't that, know. yeah. 
but Adam and I were, um, we had met for lunch, I believe. Uh, oh, I was talking about the, the the lip balm at the at my kitchen table. No, this is it. I you I don't know that you've done the lip balm thing. Here's what you did with me. All right. And a- Adam does a lot of magic for people, so he's getting it confused with <laughs> someone else. <clears throat> we were we were having lunch, and I don't even know if you even. I feel like there was not much uh, pre-show. There to wasn't. This. You essentially slid a salt shaker that was maybe four inches high into the center of the table. He put uh, his napkin over it, his a cloth, you know, napkin, and then slammed his hand down on it. I mean, quick, in my memory, it was seamless. He put the napkin down and just slammed his hand down on top, and it disappeared, the, uh, the salt shaker. And it never returned. I didn't get to have salt in my fries that day. <laughs> The restaurant is was... still looking for the culprit. <laughs> I was referring but to I... the one for the kitchen table, and I had my little lip balm thing in, in, in my hand, and I went like that, and it was gone, and you freaked oh, out. I think I do remember that. I freaked out yeah. more at the salt shaker. All right. That's what I remember freaking out. Yeah. I mean, I was genuinely stunned. It was <laughs> unbelievable. I saw. I did not see any indication of how it had disappeared. <clears throat> and so I, I, I don't mean to diminish that. Or diminish the abilities of those who can do that. It's the the exclusiveness of this club and the guardedness of those that are a part of it is made that much funnier by the fact that it, that, it, that they are magicians. All right, fair enough. So all that being said, I mean, magicians do... are traditionally very secretive, of course. So it yes, makes sense that but, they would. Uh... But in a modern context, magicians are. You know, at birthday parties, they are, you know, traveling between tables at restaurants. It's not ah, held in no. the highest esteem. Magicians are, like, cool Maybe. dudes with emo hair that walk around Las Vegas. <laughs> oh, well, no, no, Vegas? those are mind freaks. Those are mind freaks. <laughs> oh, right. right. My bad. <laughs> no, I mean, I think there's definitely, the, 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 I know we're way off topic now, but there's the, that's the two Different sides tiers. of this thing. Sure. Yeah, I mean, there are people who make millions and millions of dollars a year doing super professional magi- uh, magic shows. And um, I find that as silly as the birthday magician. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> Let's get back on topic. You do um, Anyway, at the Magic Castle, they do uh, Houdini seance. This is something you can um, uh, reserve. It's sort of an experience. So it's held for a private, <clears throat> it's held for a private group of 10 to 12 guests in the historic Houdini seance chamber. The chamber is decorated in high Victorian style, and it's the home of many priceless pieces of Houdini memorabilia. Um, And I found a review on TripAdvisor of the experience. Let me pull that up here. Here we go. So um, Magic Castle's Houdini seance conjures up a great evening. That's the title of this review on TripAdvisor. This is from 2015. Uh, What a fun night. Our third trip to the Magic Castle and by far our best experience. We joined friends for Houdini Seance dinner party. The private room decorated in Victorian style is a part miniature museum, part movie set, chock-a-block with wonders. Mm. Our food was delicious. The MC has really taken a quantum leap, leap forward 
compared to, oh, I'm sorry, the Magic Castle, MC short for Magic Castle, has really taken a quantum leap forward compared to previous visits. I rarely eat beef, but the filet mignon <laughs> was a great treat. <laughs> what they say was magical? Mm. Our, our medium was Leo Kostka, who has hosted for more than 30 years. He brings considerable polish and presence to the proceedings. He, he clearly enjoys his role, and the evening unfolded at an unhurried pace. The seance itself wasn't scary, just fun. Afterwards, Leo stayed on hand to answer any questions before he moved on to see a saucy German magic troupe with a cabaret flair. The audience was an eclectic group of old Hollywood character actor types with vaguely recognizable faces, must be their hangout place, tourists and foreign tourists. Dress is semi-formal. For every debonair outfit, there seemed to be a more than a few form-fitted, slightly out-of-style dresses that left little to the imagination. We spent five hours at the castle. Would have stayed longer, but it was a weeknight. So, so there's a... Two stars. <laughs> I forget. actually forget. I think it was like three or four stars. <clears throat> um... Other sort of fam- famous seances or communications, attempts at communications with the dead. I mentioned earlier the Fox sisters uh, held a seance at the White House. Um, so right. they, what? I just said, oh, yeah. What president was oh. that? Um, oh, so yeah. it was president, uh, it was actually wasn't the president himself, but it was the first lady jane pierce first lady is that right the right term yeah, yeah. first yeah it seems the wife so of the silly. president first lady yeah it seems so silly when i said it just then <clears throat> jane pierce had a pretty tragic life she was surrounded by a lot of death so she um lost a lot of people in her life and so she was uh before she was ever in the white house she was very much interested in spiritualism and that kind of thing and uh uh a week or so before her husband's inauguration her son died in a train accident the train they were on derailed um and it sadly killed her son so once they were in the white house she had the fox sisters come and try and help her communicate and apologize that she hadn't protected her son. Mm. Um, so she, there's no record of her, the communication that they had um, at the White House, but she told friends afterward that she had dreams for the next few nights where her son came and spoke to her. And so it satisfied um, that desire for her in that way. Uh, <clears throat> Jane Pierce was apparently a friend to Mary Todd Lincoln, who you might know is the wife of Abraham Lincoln. Uh, she also had a lot of suffering and death around her. That's yeah. absolutely true. Um, and so when uh, their son Willie died, she was inconsolable, and she searched for a way to, you know, uh, get sort of deal with her grief, and she was introduced to uh, a group of well-known mediums known as the Lorries. Uh, they were located in Georgetown. And so she would have uh, go on to have numerous seances uh, in what is known as the Red Room 
in the in the White House. Um, and she said that she would often communicate with uh, Willie and that Willie would sometimes bring little Eddie, her other son, uh, to come and speak with her. Um, and even after um, Abraham Lincoln, after her husband, you know, was assassinated, she would go on to um, do something called, uh, I think it's called psychography or spiritual photography where you would sit and this guy would take your picture and the ghost of your, whoever it was, I suppose you wanted a photo with would appear next hmm. to you. And you could see some of these photos, um, uh, sure that's... online. We can put that in the show notes. That's really um, interesting. Yeah. Uh, they're doing some early Photoshop work there. Yeah. <laughs> and then, uh, one of the other, another interesting kind of, I don't know if this is a famous seance, but an, sort of intriguing one was uh, Bill Wilson, who founded Alcoholics Anonymous. Um, he was very, very into spiritualism and the occult. He had a specific room in his house dedicated to sort of paranormal stuff that he called the spook room. Um, and he once claimed that uh, he contact he made contact with spirits in that room and that helped him get over his alcoholism huh. and that one of these spirits that he would talk with often was a 15th century monk named Boniface. Um, but he claims that Boniface and the other spirits he contacted via a Ouija board uh, were responsible for creating the world famous 12 steps really uh, for Alcoholics That's Anonymous. Fascinating. So I think, you know, it, for me, kind of what I take from a lot of this is, you know, whether you believe or not in in this communication, it's it's certainly a way to process grief or, you know, process losing someone and, and feeling there's, mm -hmm. you know, things left unsaid or uh, things left undone with those people. Uh, or it's just a way to cope with, you know, other things you're going through in your life, like Bill Wilson who <clears throat> founded this, you know, who, who, who I guess, you know, himself was an alcoholic and used this as a way to deal with that issue. Mm -hmm. um, I'm curious if either of you guys have ever uh, partaken in any kind of, you know, we talked about Ouija boards, but have you ever tried to communicate with the beyond? Uh, Adam, I mean, yeah, Adam, you're guess... the Mulder. You go first. Right. Yeah, Adam's the Mulder. <laughs> so Nick, Nick knows if it's true because he's the cigarette smoking man. That's true. That's true. That's true. Uh, <laughs> indirectly, I went on this um, ghost tour in uh, New Orleans a couple of years back, and it's it's there were often times where on this tour you'd stop to and the person giving the the tour would try to communicate with ghosts that were known to be in that area. Um, and sometimes there'd be stuff that would happen, sometimes that, that, that there wouldn't. So in that aspect, um, yes. Um, uh, Kelly, good night, Kelly, um, has uh, hopefully, this is a little bit of a you know, possible uh, tease, but next week might, might join us briefly to talk to the story about the seance that she had in the basement of the bar. 
So, this would have been the perfect episode for that. I, I understand that, but uh, <laughs> A, I didn't know we were talking about this this week, um, and B, she couldn't do it tonight. So, but it'll be a nice kind of sort of culmination of a lot of things we talked about this this awesome Ooh, spooky month. That's right, so, spooky bars and exactly and survival um, horror games. <laughs> survival horror <laughs> games. Um, hey, wait, um, Nick. Well, we can tease Nick's topic. Nick, what is yours? No, it's a secret. Okay, the secret. Okay. Spooky, spooky secrets. Yeah, secrets is the topic. <laughs> spooky, secrets spooky secrets is the topic. Um, so I guess in, in that aspect, it's been all either secondary or indirectly. But I guess yeah. technically, yes. I, I remember when I was a kid doing things like when I was alone that were kind of thought experiments or just experiments with the supernatural and and trying to like you know like um I, th- there was a meme recently of, of videos of people trying to move stuff with their mind and i remember doing things like that when i was a kid and i think i probably tried to uh speak to the dead in some form um but not not in any capacity since i was uh you know 10 or so probably yeah um but i do i i think you were hitting on something pretty interesting there like you know i mocked you i made a fucking fool out of you drew (laughs) when you were sympathizing with the fox sisters for being con men and then women con women yes uh but when you uh, before you came around back to it and you were talking about them with uh, the first lady I was thinking about that also and just like I wonder how many of these con persons um, either thought that they were doing good or or even convinced themselves that they were doing good after they started making money Um, because you're in this really uncomfortable situation all the time like the whole premise of it of talking to dead people it might sound fun, but, but everyone who wants to talk to a dead person is, uh, like we've been talking about ghosts, they're dealing with something that is yeah. unsettled and um, and trying to find some resolution. And, and you're right, there is some form of therapy in there, but it's also... Um, more complicated that than that and could be could just be bad for people i don't know yeah there's there's definitely you know there's an aspect of you're potentially inflicting greater damage on the person you know Mm. or or they're not Mm. they're not truly dealing with or processing feelings um associated with the death of that person right and obviously this is None of us are experts on this thing, unless I, uh, unless I'm mistaken. And but I'm sure it's a person by person basis of the effectiveness of these spiritual experiences in terms of what you go in there hoping to achieve and what actually happens. Um, I think the other critical aspect of it is the intent of the medium. This themselves, you know, like you said, Nick, there's a good chance that 
a, a lot of these mediums eventually convince themselves that what they're doing is good, whether they mm-hmm. are are fraudulent or not, whether they believe that they they themselves are truly doing what they're doing or not. And so, you know, their intent comes into it. You know, if they're, if they're doing it simply to make money, you have to kind of wonder if their um, intentions are good in the end. I but wish it is, it's... if we were able to record in person, we would have had to have done a seance. Oh, yeah. It's a lot harder yeah. to do virtually. Maybe it's not. I remember... I remember you guys threatening a, an actual seance on me, and that's why I've chosen to do it virtually. Um, because as we know, those 1800s ghosts will never be able to use FaceTime or Zoom. Um, it won't be until... So that's uh, how you connect to Teams. <laughs> oh, on that note, I think uh, I think it's a good place to leave it. Um the this this entity will be dead soon and you'll be able to commune with it uh beyond the great i don't mean me i mean the archive of course um yeah if i you, if i have an untimely death you guys can always uh do a seance and find me here hunting you in the, in the archive yeah look, yeah look for uh I'm trying to think of what i would i don't know well, what I, I would say I, yeah i think john should come up with a secret word and there you go. if somebody writes it in the comments, then we'll come back and respond to it. But if, well, it, if not, we're dead forever. No, you <laughs> <laughs> Well, Nick, you, you bring up something interesting. I actually just downloaded an app that will allow us to do a quick seance here over FaceTime. And I'm going to try mm. to summon John. Um, he and I agreed on a, a phrase that, that would prove whether or not it's actually him. So if you guys could... Just put your hands up to the, the screen here, and then just focus on John for a moment, yeah, um, if you would, and just focus on his face, and I want you to think about a really popular movie or <laughs> something like that that, that you want to hear his, his thoughts on, and let's see if we can bring John into the into the FaceTime with us. John, are, are you there, John? Says Gewish means Sid. Says Gewish means Sid. Says Gewish means Sid. Does this mean to exist? Does this mean to exist? Does this need to exist? Oh, my God. Oh. Well, that proves it. I felt... I'm I felt always scared. Presence. God, I feel so cynical suddenly. <coughs> so, uh, an overwhelming sense of distaste and displeasure with the world. Oh, Are that you was possessed? Powerful. Yeah, I think I may have been possessed in that moment. Hmm. Um, all right. Well, uh... Let's just put it in the archive. <laughs> yes. <laughs>